0: iHeart.
1: It is First Strike, First Look right here on Visa. And I'm your host, Dave Ross. For the next couple minutes here, we're going to catch up with Lou Finacaro and talk about UFC Fight Night coming up this weekend between Vincente Luque and Bilal Muhammad. Remember the name we have. This should be a pretty interesting main event. So it's always good to have Lou join the program here, First Strike, First Look. And again, you can follow Lou on Twitter, as I do, at GamLou. And before we begin, Lou, I do want to talk about the Bout Business podcast, because I'd like to give that information out for first-time listeners uh, to further Strike First. Look, when people listen to the Bout Business podcast, Lou, what are they going to get?
2: Yes, Dave. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. These series of shows that you guys do are really excellent. And uh, the Bout Business podcast is directed totally to the UFC. Each week there is a UFC production. There will be a podcast dropping Friday afternoon available on all podcast platforms. And it's a simple podcast of 16 to 18 minutes that summarizes my four to six final releases each week. We tabulate results week week to week and are totally accountable for the releases and make those public each Friday afternoon, and I appreciate you mentioning that for me.
1: Absolutely. I do so because it's great information. I try to plug it on Twitter as well because... If we just look back to UFC 273, I thought you gave the people a lot of really good ways to make some money. Very profitable. night, I know for for you, and uh, I was fortunate to be on some of the same sides of some of those winners. What was your overall takeaway of UFC 273? I know some people that had Gilbert Burns felt like, oh, man, we got robbed on that one. I thought they kind of got that decision right. Mackenzie Dern had a very close decision victory in her fight against Tisha Torres. And I guess, Lou, the bottom line is, When it goes to the judges, you really do have to kind of put your your, your hand in your heart there for a second and say, I hope I'm on the right side of a very close fight.
2: That's exactly correct, and the judges understand are not anything related. There's no umbilical between the judging and mixed martial arts, and if there's no umbilical between judging and mixed martial arts, certainly there is no connection to the UFC. This is this problem is state by state commissions that are are really related to the boxing game. And that's where mm-hmm. the wrinkle occurs. So yes, you're right. You not only are taking it into judges hands if you go to decision, you're taking it into judges hands that don't know really what they're looking at most of the time. So while I hate to be that critical, those are the facts. And, and so of all those fights, my takeaway was, and I had released Dern at a plus price Mm-hmm. I, was surpri- I was surprised at that result. I don't think I was very surprised at the others. I, I thought Aljo won round one. And so I, I was willing to accept either split decision in that fight. Clearly Volkanovski was pronounced. And I thought that Chimaev did enough to win his fight. Gill looked great. He didn't lose. But the decision had to go to Chemayev, in my opinion. But it was the Dern-Torres fight that, to me, was a little surprising, and I was on the Dern side.
1: As was I, and I was on uh, the uh, small play on Aljamain Sterling as well, so that ticket cashed. And again, I was right there with you. If they had gone the other way with Peter Yan, I-, I wouldn't have been crying foul about it. But again, this is when we try to give you this here on First Strike, First Look, we're doing this. You know, you- you've got to take that into account, which fights might possibly go to the cards. And when they go to the scorecards, it really is sometimes it's in the eye of the beholder so Hopefully, you cast some of those tickets like Lou and I did uh, last week. Lou, let's get to this uh, main event uh, this weekend again. Potentially five rounds in a main event fight between Vincente Luque and Boal Muhammad. It, you know, already here as we talk on a Tuesday, and I'll be very curious when we get to first strike on Friday where these numbers are because Luque already there's some buyback coming in on Muhammad. So Luque was already as big as I saw a dollar dollar ninety. He's down to a dollar sixty-five. plus Muhammad plus one forty-five. What do you make of that matchup? In initially and also the line move.
2: So as I'm tracking it Dave I have uh Luke a. opening 65 and I have him looking like 65 or so now. So I'm not seeing a, a, a great amount of movement but I'm not I I track Pinnacle. I, I, that's who I use because they're usually a little bit later to the party, mm-hmm. and some of the funny opening lines that that can be moved a dime on a hundred dollar bet. I don't try and pay attention to so. I'm very deliberate on my opening number. And so I'm not showing a lot of movement from the opening line. And that's neither here nor there. This is really this is gonna be a compelling fight. We did not have a compelling fight last week for the main event, but this week's main event is a compelling fight. It's a rematch fight, and it it fits it, excuse me, it pits guys that are entering on. Tremendous momentum. Uh, Luke enters 10-1, and one, and of those 10 wins, 9 have been by finish. And he's totally overlooked, I think, by the masses. And another guy who's peaking at the right time is Muhammad, entering on a 10-1-1 one one UFC record. So we're going to get a really excellent stylistic fight, and we're going to get two really top five athletes in the welterweight division. I, it, this is as, as exciting a main event as you could ask for.
1: I totally agree with you. And again, styles make fights, as we talk about all the time, on first strike. And you look at Muhammad, and you know what Boal wants to do. He wants to get this fight down to the ground. You would assume Luke here would, would try to keep this standing here. Uh, it is interesting when you see that the, the total round set at, at 4.5. And, and right now, I'm seeing here... Uh, you can see, you get, again, to your point, you got to shop around here for some of the best numbers, depending on which side you like here. Uh, the over right now, four and a half rounds, minus $1. five. The under, minus one twenty five. We saw a couple four and a halves here. It, it, uh, going back to UFC 273 last week, obviously Aljo and Jan did go the distance, but Alexander Volkanovsky was able to get his fight stopped in the fourth round against the Korean Zombie. Is there a lean either way so far for you when you look at the total rounds?
2: You know, that's interesting because I've been looking for totals and they have not been available. I even looked at DraftKings and did not see a total for any of these fights by the time I just submitted my article to Point Spread Weekly. So this is the first that I'm hearing. I I would imagine it would be that. I do Mm -hmm. look for improvement out of Muhammad, and, and I think that takes the form of a longer fight. Uh, But it's early, and let's understand, uh, Muhammad is a Palestinian, he's a Muslim, and it's Mm -hmm. Ramadan for for Muslims, and Muhammad is a strict practitioner of the Muslim religion, which means that he doesn't get to eat from sunup to sundown each day. What that does this month with his fight in the middle of the month must affect him physically to some extent and mentally to some extent. Now, what extent is that? I don't know, but I know that it's a factor. And so weigh-ins become very important in this fight, especially with a guy under those kinds of conditions that has to be the one with the cardio and the wrestling.
1: That is a fascinating, fascinating breakdown because that is something that should not be taken lightly. And again, when you kind of look at Muhammad anyway, and I, I respect Boal obviously, in my Chicago days, and Boal Muhammad now out of Chicago, he he is a, a smaller 170 guy against Luke, who's a bigger guy. I wonder if Luque who kind of thinks of that and says, hey, he might not have a whole lot left in the tank if this if I can extend this longer. So maybe instead of trying to get out of there early, see if he can sap into that gas tank for Muhammad, if really...
2: Nutrition could quite frankly play a, play a role in this fight, correct? Well, I, I, well, I, I really stand to learn from watching. I, I, I mm-hmm. don't know if I'm ready to make any proclamations yet, but I do know that he's under, undergoing that. and I do look at that as an advantage for the Luke A side as well, Luke A won the first fight. This is Luke right. second rematch. He fought price twice and, and was effective in both fights. I don't know why you would think Luque would not be effective. Listen, he trains down at Sanford. There's a million savages at Sanford, and they all know how to wrestle. So Luque's seeing plenty of wrestling, let me tell you.
1: Yeah, no question about it. When we look at a little bit deeper on the card here, whenever you have Caramel Thunder getting back in there against Andre Fialo, that should be a very interesting fight as well. What do you make of, of that matchup in particular At a first strike, first look?
2: Baeza Fiallo, that's going to be, now that we've lost Lizzie and Zaleski Dos Santos, that moves up to barn burner of the night. Uh, Fiallo, I think, was going through some emotional strains in his first fight, which was a debut loss in the UFC. Uh, Baeza is, is really, uh, he's an interesting cat, long, tall, powerful but but can sometimes run out of gas a little bit uh, he's lost his last two one to Ponzanibio and then to Chaos Williams so he's looking to turn it around against a guy that's really dangerous really explosive and maybe on the bounce in this Fialo, who's the dog. Yeah Fiala right now plus 150
1: uh, right now as you see Miguel uh, is minus 170 as the the small favorite there. As I look very, very deep into the card here, I said Devin Clark against William Knight could be a very interesting uh, fight there. Knight right now, plus 150 in the comeback, Clark one, minus 170, uh, pretty much the same price that we just talked about there. What do you make of that matchup, and is there any live dog scenario there in William Knight?
2: Well, William Knight's a live dog at, at any time, and he continues <laughs> to be a dog, and all he does is is fight like completely out he's you know he's just a square of a human being he's a he's a walking uh, fire hydrant basically with power uh it, and he's going to give away size and height the interesting thing to this fight dave is that these are two 205 pound fighters these are light heavyweights both agreeing to move up and this is Knight's second fight at heavyweight uh to me I think Knight flirting with heavyweight, it hints itself of that it's really hard for him to make 205 and appetite. And so I tend to think if there's somebody out there that can stay away from him for a round and take him into the second round, they may have a chance. And Devin Clark has the experience to do that. It's just that he's been uneven in his career a little bit as well. Clark will be taller. He's younger. He's got a two-inch reach advantage. So he has every opportunity to try and stay away and do something that Knight's previous opponents have been unable to do, and that is stay away from him.
1: Yeah, it's always fascinating when you see guys uh, slated at one weight and say, you know what, let's just move on up. Let's not worry about that weight cut. And I'll see you on Saturday night. Uh, Lou, when you look at the rest of the card, if you pick any fight that really does stand out to you, which one do you think might really be a surprise that maybe we're not talking about now, but we might be after Saturday night?
2: Well, just for good, clean fun and heavyweights, you, you go down on the card and you got uh, uh, a kid named Boudet who's making uh, his debut from Slovakia against Chris Barnett. Now, it, you can't judge the book by the by the cover. This Chris Barnett is 5'9", 264 and a half pounds when he weighs in. So he, he really doesn't look like a heavyweight fighter. But... For a short amount of time, he's got unbelievable power, and he's a fan favorite. The crowd will totally be into this guy. On the other side of the cage, this debuting Boudet, he's going to be six years younger, 7 inches taller. He's also 265-er, and he's going to have a reach advantage. Uh, this will be a very interesting treasure ali kind of a fight where Chris Barnett's working, bobbing, and weaving to try and get inside and land on Boudet, and Boudet's going to have to keep him on the outside. Should be interesting. It's always great fun to watch the heavyweights go.
1: Boudet right now, minus 225. Barnett, plus 185 on the comeback there. Hey, if we get anything like uh, a little... Fraser and Ali, Thrill and Manila, sign me up for that, Lou. I will definitely be watching that one on Saturday night. Hey, Lou, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you, uh, my friend. Really appreciate your time. And, again, you got to follow him on Twitter, at GamLou, and listen to the Bout Business Podcast. Great information each and every week. Lou, really appreciate it, my friend, and uh, we'll catch up again soon.
2: Thanks for having me, Dave. Good luck to everyone.
1: There he is, Lou Finnecaro, everybody. Enjoy the fights. We'll see you on Friday, though, right back here for VEASAN First Strike. Until then, we'll see you next time right here for First Strike, First one.